Welcome back to Search the Scriptures. Great to be back with all of our listeners again today. So thankful to be able to be with you and open up God's Word, study a little bit further, learn a little bit more, dig a little bit deeper, and stay strong and even grow stronger in our faith. Because as we keep emphasizing, faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Romans 10 and verse 17. So we're thankful to be able to help people in the Omaha area, but also across the country and around the world by means of the internet and podcasting, to be able to study God's Word further, to dig deep and be in God's Word and grow stronger in their, in their faith and in their spiritual lives. Now, if you're in the Omaha area, we encourage you to come and check us out in person. Get to know us. Let us get to know you. Study God's Word with us, worship God with us, grow spiritually with us in person at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. Our Bible, our, our church building is located at 3606 North 108th Street, right here in Omaha. 3606 North 108th Street. Bible classes begin on Sunday mornings at 9.30, followed by worship at 10.30. Sunday evenings, we come back together at 6 o'clock each Sunday evening for another period of worship and Bible study. And then on Wednesday evenings, middle of the week, get our spiritual batteries recharged, set aside our busy schedules, Every Wednesday evening at 6.30, we come back together for midweek Bible classes. Now, you're welcome to any and all of these services. We encourage you also, tell people about these programs, Search the Scriptures. We're on several times a day and on a couple of different radio stations across the Omaha area and farther into Nebraska and Iowa also. So tell people to listen, but also, and we know that this is a challenge for a lot of people to be able to listen even one time on a daily basis because of work schedules and so on. So tell everybody, take advantage of it yourself. Go to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com, and click on the podcast button and sign up for our podcasting. Now that's free. It always will be free. We're not after people's wallets. We want to help as many people as we can get to heaven. And when somebody signs up for our podcasting, they will automatically receive to their smart device, whichever one they choose, whether that's their phone or computer or whatever, they will automatically receive these radio programs every day, Monday through Friday, search the scriptures, automatically go to their smart device, and then they can download them and listen at their convenience so they don't have to miss a single a single program, but they'll also receive a great deal more Bible teaching. Sunday morning Bible class, Wednesday night Bible class, all of our sermons, and what I consider to be a real gem if it, from my, my train of thought. It's a short Bible study, only about 13 minutes each day, but it keeps us in God's Word seven days a week. Now, we can usually fit in 13 minutes somewhere along the line in our busy days. We call that today's Bible class. All of that will go to their smart device automatically every day as they sign up for our podcasting. And again, always free. So tell everybody you can and take advantage of it yourself. We're going to finish up our study that I have entitled Five Days of Jesus. And we're taking this from, well, we're really focusing upon this from the teachings in a particular church hymn that is entitled One Day. Now, that particular song has five 
verses, and every one of those verses points to one pivotal day in our spiritual lives, but one pivotal day of Jesus in his ministry upon this earth and then going back to heaven and then coming back. Now, these are pivotal days in Jesus's ministry, in his role as our Savior. They're pivotal for us, every single one of us. We can take advantage of of the significance of those days, or we can ignore them carelessly and never receive the advantage. It's up to each one of us. Let me go back and look at the first four days before we move on to the fifth day. In this song, verse 1, one day when heaven was filled with his praises, one day when sin was as black as could be, Jesus came forth to be born of a virgin, dwelt among men. My example is he. Jesus left heaven. He left his position of equality with God in the throne room of heaven to become human, to become man, to serve as our Savior, as our Savior. The second verse, the second day of Jesus. One day they led him up Calvary's mountain. One day they nailed him to die on the tree, suffering anguish, despised and rejected, bearing our sins. My Redeemer is he. One day, Toward the end of his ministry upon this earth, the Jewish leadership instigated his crucifixion, and the Roman soldiers led him up Calvary's mountain, nailed him, literally nailed him to that cross, and then went about to execute him in perhaps one of the most brutal forms of execution that mankind has ever devised crucifixion on that cross. The third day of Jesus, another pivotal day for us. One day they left him alone in the garden. One day he rested from suffering free. Angels came down or his tomb to keep vigil. Hope of the hopeless, my Savior is he. When Jesus had died on that cross, Two men petitioned the Roman governor, Pontius Pilate, to be able to take his body and bury it in a tomb. And the governor agreed. So Joseph of Arimathea, a follower of Jesus, a believer, but secretly. Nicodemus, a member of the Jewish Sanhedrin council, but again, a secret believer of Jesus, took his body, prepared it for burial, and then put it in the new tomb of Joseph of Arimathea and rolled a stone over the entrance to that tomb. Now, the governor was further petitioned by the Jewish leadership to put a guard upon that tomb, or in front of that tomb, to seal it because Jesus had said he would not stay in that grave. He would arise from the dead the physical dead. And so they said, lest one of his followers come and steal his body and make it look that he fulfilled that promise, put a guard in front of the tomb. And Pontius Pilate, the Roman governor, agreed. He said, you have your guard, make it secure. 
And so it was sealed. At least two soldiers, Roman soldiers, were placed at the entrance to guard that entrance against anybody stealing the body of Jesus. And then, by trickery, by fraud, making it look like he really did arise from the grave. (laughs) They still weren't getting it. Jesus was not just a man. He is God the Son. He did not have to lean upon or rely upon trickery and fraud to make it look like he truly is the Savior of mankind. God raised him from that dead. Verse 4, the fourth day of Jesus. One day the grave could conceal him no longer. One day the stone rolled away from the door. Then he arose over death he had conquered. Now is ascended my Lord evermore. Oh yes, those angels did come. The angel at the entrance to the tomb, when the Roman soldiers saw him, they, I think we're to understand, the text says they became like dead men. I think we're to understand they fainted on the spot. And then when Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to check on the tomb where their Lord had been laid the three days before, the angel at the entrance to the tomb said, you come to seek Jesus. He is not here. He is risen. And go to Galilee. Tell his disciples to go to Galilee. He will see you there. Hmm. The grave could not hold Jesus. He was not just a man. He is God the Son. He was not somebody who was a fraud. He is the Savior of mankind. And now let's conclude this study with the fifth day of Jesus. One day the trumpet will sound for his coming. One day the skies with his glories shall shine. Wonderful day, my beloved one's bringing. Glorious Savior, this Jesus is mine. He died on that cross. He was buried in the tomb. His death on the cross was the payment for the guilt of our sins. He ascended back to heaven, but he's waiting to come back. And he will be coming back. We look at Acts chapter 1 and verse 11. As the apostles were standing with Jesus and he was giving them some final marching orders before he ascended back to heaven, he told them, as Mark records it in Mark 16, verses 15 and 16, go into all the world, preach the gospel to all creation. He who believes and is baptized shall be saved. He who does not believe shall be condemned. Jesus came with the gospel message from the throne room in heaven, from God the Father himself. He preached that gospel message, but now the Jewish leadership, all the rest of the Jewish people who disbelieved in him, who were his enemies, they thought they had shut him up by having him crucified, put to death physically. No, he arose. He arose. He ascended back to heaven to the right hand of God, and he's coming back. He's coming back. Verse 11 in Acts chapter 1 says, well, let's go back to verse, verse uh, 9. When he had spoken these things, 
while they watched, that is, while the apostles watched, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. I think certainly we're to understand these two men were angels from God. Who also said, men of Galilee, addressing the apostles, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. Oh, those angels from God told the apostles, and that must have been an awesome, and again, perhaps a confusing, perhaps a confusing moment for them as they were standing there listening to Jesus give them instructions to go out and spread the gospel message of salvation all over the world. And then he begins rising through the air into the clouds. And the angels say, don't get all caught up in watching him go and wondering what's going on. He's coming back. He's coming back one day. In Matthew chapter 24, Matthew chapter 24, we look at verses 30 and 31. And Jesus foretold this. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven. And then all the tribes of the earth will mourn and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they will gather together his elect, that is the saved, from the four winds and from one end of heaven to the other. Now, why would Jesus foretell that the tribes of the earth would mourn at his second coming? Well, because they would not be prepared. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14, that most people are traveling down the wrong pathway through life. They're traveling down the, traveling down the pathway of unfaithfulness to God and to him, unfaithfulness to the teachings of God's word, the scriptures, the Bible. They're not following God faithfully. They're not following Jesus faithfully. He said most of them, therefore, are going down that broad road that leads to destruction, eternal condemnation in hell. He said the few are walking the narrow path of the truth of God's word that leads to heaven. How sad that most people are not following Jesus faithfully, are not dedicated to God faithfully and consistently. But that is what Jesus said. And so most people on that final day of judgment, when Jesus comes again, will not be ready for his coming. And they will mourn that they have wasted their time that God has allotted them to be prepared for that day. They did not give proper attention to their spiritual life. We turn to John chapter 14. And this was the night, the setting here was the night of Jesus's betrayal. The next day he would be on the cross. He was with the apostles. And in verses one and two, he tells them, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions or rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, 
there you may be also. Oh, Jesus was preparing them for his death on the cross the next day. And then 40 days after his resurrection, his ascension back to heaven. I'm going, going to heaven, going back to be with the Father, but I'm coming back. I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I'm doing that, I'm going to come back so that you can be with me there. Oh, what a promise. What an encouragement. What a blessing. In Acts chapter 17 and verses 30 and 31, we read about that day when Jesus will come again to judge all mankind. In verse 30, the apostle Paul told a crowd gathered in Athens at a place called Mars Hill or the Areopagus. He said, truly these times of ignorance, and he was pointing to the worship of idols and that particular city and most of humanity at that time were caught up in idol worship. How sad that there are so many who call themselves Christians today who still worship through idols. <laughs> They've got icons and statues and images all over the place. They bow down before them, pray through them. Now, do they not understand the repeated scriptures going back all the way to the original Ten Commandments? Don't make any graven images? But at that time, they, at least these people would say they believe in God. But many people back in Old Testament times, they, believe, they, they said they believed in God, but they still worshiped idols. And with the worship of idols naturally went immorality. And so Paul says, truly these times of ignorance God overlooked, but now commands all men everywhere to repent because, and here's the key, verse 31, because he has appointed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he has ordained. He has given assurance of this to all by raising him from the dead. Speaking of Jesus, Jesus was not held by that tomb, by that grave. Physical death did not keep him down. God raised him from the dead. And it, God has appointed a day on which he will send God the Son back to call all of humanity before him for a final day of judgment. And so he is giving us time right now as we individually, each one of us, is still alive to prepare ourselves for that ultimate day of judgment as to how we've lived our lives. The Apostle Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 10, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one may receive the things done in the body, that is our physical body, according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Nobody will miss that particular appointment. All who have ever lived, all who ever have continued to live since Jesus died on that cross, all who will be alive on that day when Jesus comes back, we will all appear before him before his judgment seat. And we will give account of how we have lived our lives on this earth. God is giving us time to prepare. 
But so many people are being careless with that time. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 16 and 17, we read of that day when Jesus will come again. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Those who have been faithful to him, followed him faithfully as the Savior, as God the Son, but have already died physically, Paul says they will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Some people think Jesus is coming back to establish an earthly kingdom upon this earth, to sit on the throne in Jerusalem, Paul says here, no, we're going to meet him in the air. And thus we shall always be with him. Those who have been already dead physically, but were faithful to Jesus, they will rise first. We'll be caught up together with them and meet him in the air. Jesus said to the apostles, remember in John chapter 14, verses 1 through 3, I'm going back to heaven to prepare a place for you. And if I go, I will come again that you may be with me always. That is our eternal reside that we look forward to. That is the opposite of the evil and wickedness that we see all around us here in this world. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, beginning with verse 7, that final day is portrayed it's a tragic day for those who will not be ready, who have not paid attention, who have not taken advantage of the time God has given them to get ready, to get their lives straight before him, to focus properly on their spiritual well-being. When the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not Obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. These shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. When he comes in that day, oh my, are you ready for that day? Are you ready for the fifth day of Jesus? The chorus in that song one day blends all five days together. Living, he loved me. Jesus loves you. Dying, he saved me. He went so that you can be saved if you will come to him as the Savior. Buried, he carried my sins far away. He paid the price on that cross for the guilt of your sins. Rising, he justified freely forever. No question that he is God the Son, our Lord and Savior, because he was victorious over the grave. One day he's coming. Oh, glorious day. A glorious day for the saved. Tragic day for those who have not come to him and dedicated their lives to him consistently and properly. 
we'd like to help you get ready for that fifth day. The fifth day of Jesus, when he comes again to judge all mankind. Contact us through our website at churchofchrist.com. Click on the email link and contact us that way, or phone us at 402-498-8397. Ask for the free Bible study. We'll send it to you, and it will be free. Or we can talk on the phone. We can get together in person if you're in the Omaha area. We can pray together. We can study together. We want to help. Let's pray now. Father in heaven, thank you for the five days of Jesus. Help us to be ready for that fifth day by paying the proper attention to the teachings of your word. Thank you for giving us your word to help us prepare. Praise, glory, honor, and thanks be to you, Father. And please forgive us and hear our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.